Welcome everyone, Flight Test After Hours Podcast, and this one's a little different. We're going old school here. Uh, no Periscope, no Facebook Live, no nothing. Uh, I'm in the deep, dark confines uh, of the man cave here at the Ron Caglione household, uh, just doing things a little different. Joining me today, probably from the Bat Cave, <laughs> I would imagine, up there in the north is Andre Russo. Good morning, Chris. How are you, man? I haven't we haven't uh, really talked too much lately. I know we've been super busy, and you know things aren't we're, we haven't been really doing the things we probably should be doing or want to be doing. No, I think it was middle of like middle of the week. I was like, man, I haven't heard from Chris in days. Where is he? <laughs> And then I realized, and you popped in and said, oh, yeah, the kids are back to school, and I got all my sporting events for the kid. I'm like, oh, God. yeah. We don't go back to school until, like, we got another two weeks before James goes back, so we're not there yet. Oh, that that's kind of nice. Yeah, it's, you know, honestly, since Flight Fest, I have only flown one time and ran one battery through the XL, and that is it like it has been nothing and it how long has it been now three weeks i think or it's, oh, probably it's been a month a month it's been a okay month. a month yeah and that's it i mean between getting the kids ready for school and all the shopping crap and tryouts for next year and fall ball started for both kids i have just been and work we've been working a lot uh, it, it, oh, I, it's crazy I mean anybody uh, out there I know I always talk about it, but that has kids or gets busy they, they know exactly what we're talking about and it just gets super hectic I was like that for me too I think Wednesday uh, I finally broke down and I after work I grabbed a couple of airplanes and I went to the field but and it was I wanted to go with my dad and he was busy so I just went by myself and I'm like I haven't flown anything serious since flight fest you know we, I, I i think i was at my dad's place once or twice and both of those flights lasted all 30 seconds with technicals you know so mm-hmm. it was just okay i'm gonna go burn off and i took out the tundra and burned off some batteries and then i tried the uh mighty mini arrow with the 3s uh, setup that i just put in so that was fun and then i threw a dlg yeah i want to talk about that here in a little bit but um yeah but yeah, that's that's it. It's been a month. It's and and even Saturday, I got up real quick, and it was I had to be back at the house in a, in an hour. I'm like, this is just nuts. <laughs> and and you you talk about the DLG is like I really got fired up after uh, Flight Fest about the D. I mean, I haven't had my DLG out at all this year, and I know Wayne crashed his, and he was doing some repairs on. It. I think he has it fixed now, anyway. And you know, I got back home, and I was like, man, I, I got I wanted to take that the elf out i just want to get it out do some tossing and we had some good weather conditions i actually 
took it off the shelf, blew the dust off of it, cleaned it up, charged up the battery, and I, I haven't. It's still hanging there. I haven't even got to take it out yet. And I'm getting a little nervous now, and I'm sure it's way worse for you being way, you know, you're a lot farther north than us. Is Even I noticed next week the temperatures are already starting to change. It's starting to cool off. It, obviously, it's getting uh, darker quicker, and now the winds are kind of starting to pick up again through, you know, coming into fall. And I'm like, man, please don't tell me I missed, you know, all that good. Flying. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah, it's I... almost depressing. Like, it's oh. raining big time right now, and I even had uh, my new to me the Park Zone Corsair in the trunk of the car on Saturday, and it was a crosswind situation. I'm like, why is it every time I go and meet in something brand new to me, I've got a crosswind? <laughs> and I'm like, nope, nope. And I, I decided it would just wait. It would wait till another. You know, the guys at the field are like, oh no, they fly great. You'll have no issues. I'm like, it's a crosswind. It's a matter of principle. The um, Sky Mule was like that, and it was terrifying. It was no problems, but it was just terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, what else was it? The um, FW190, and that was just frightening. Trying to bring that thing in on a, on the short runway too for the first time, and I'm like, uh. so I said, no, it stood, it stayed in the trunk. But yeah, I I, I see that the conditions changing. Even uh, the grass was still wet. Like we were out nine o'clock in the morning, and I landed the uh, the the arrow, and it's the old white foam. And I was like, ah, get the water off it right away. And so pretty soon it's just going to be flying like the, the, the high wing planes just to keep them nice and safe. And, oh, no, I'm going to have to put skis back on, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's coming around quick. Like, I, I, And Fred, man, I like to punch him right in his nose sometimes. He's already oh, those, posting those, some those, of those. <laughs> those winter. Yeah, these <laughs> winter scenes on Facebook. I go, Fred, knock it off, buddy. I don't even yeah. want to see that white stuff yet. I'm not ready yeah. for it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Um, but, well, hey, let's uh, let's get into the DLG a little bit here. All because, right. Um, you know, we've been. You know, I I haven't. I guess we haven't really pushed you on it, but you know, we talk about it with you, and you, I know for a while you were kind of like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind trying it, but and I think you were like us. It, prices of DLGs are not cheap, no matter really what you get. But yeah. in the last couple of years, you know, especially with uh, Horizon coming out with a Whippet. Um, the Dreamflight Label, which is a foam DL, excuse me, a foam DLG. So there are ways to maybe test the waters, you know, with it a little bit to see if it's something, you know, because down the road, if you really want to get into it, it's it's a big investment. Like even yes. with the Elf, you know, it's a smaller DLG. It's very light, but it's a very high quality. I, I still think I got probably four four fifty in that with everything, you know. Yeah. So. It's not something, uh, you know, you can just jump right into fairly cheap, you know, to get something of, of high quality. So I know you've been kind of kicking around the idea, and we've been talking to you a little bit. So uh, right before Flight Fest, uh, you had, and you, you can talk about it, but you had the option of, of maybe, or you actually did purchase a DLG. So how did yes. that come about? Uh, so it was yeah. Flight Fest was starting up, and the um, you know the, the for what's going to be for on sale at Flight Fest kind of happened, and Dan Cruz, um, Crafty Dan on the forum happened to have a Mountain Hobby DL50, and you know it was sixty bucks, and I'm like perfect. This this defines exactly what I want to. 
be able to buy because if I crack up a $60 plane, I'm not going to be really upset. And it's ready to go. Battery and receiver and servos. And he, he flew it for me at, at Flight Fest, even in the, the windy conditions. Um, so basically, uh, it's um, it's a wood, uh, wood laser cut, wood composite, uh, you know, uh, fuselage and tail, uh, bow. Uh, um, main spar in the back, I guess, if that's what you want to use, and a foam wing. And it's funny because I flew it, and afterwards I'm like, can I paint this to touch it up? And he's like, it's going to add weight. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess it stays the way it stays, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not exactly the most attractive-looking airplane. But it's got pins on both wings, hard, like hard-fastened pins. So if you're lefty or righty, and I use my I, – I, I toss it with my left arm because my hand's on the on the control on my right hand, right? Really? So it's re- yeah, yeah. My my thumb is on my ailerons and elevator control, and then I'm tossing with my left arm, and it feels like I did a couple of tosses. I wish I had the camera on some of the earlier ones because I got some really good cover, really good altitude right out of the box. You know, for for just starting. Mm-hmm. And I I know you guys like you know pushed your airplanes and. I, the, the little whippet was fine, but I could never get comfortable throwing it, and I didn't want to try and throw anybody else's DLG for exactly like you just said. Mm-hmm. Expensive. They're really expensive. So this is perfect. So like it was like you know 80 Canadian or whatever, 80 something. And uh, the wing comes off and everything for transport. And I mean right away, as soon as I got it home, it had to, you know it already had taken a hit in the car, so I had to glue, you know, get some CA. And Dan's like, oh yeah, get some CA and fix the wood crack, you know, and. And so it's it's a pretty robust aircraft. But the only issue I had my first day was um, the, the the rudder control came off. The the, the actual wire fed uh, came off right at the end. So I had no no real rudder control. So you, you know it's okay when you toss initially because it rolls over a little bit and you get mm-hmm. a little bit of knife edge. So you you know you roll the elevator. <laughs> but when I was straight, I couldn't turn it in a circle anymore. So I'm like, oh, okay, uh-huh. you know. I had to end my day early, but I could have honestly, I could have tossed that thing all afternoon. And it is exactly like you guys have preached and told me. It is just, it's relaxing on a whole, 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 whole different level. And it's so fun. It's it's just, you know, the, the challenge is one, to get it as high as you can, and two, have it come back to you so you don't have to walk across the field. Right, up, right, right, right. So I, I'm happy, and it's it's um, it's one of those. The big problem I have right now is I haven't quite figured out where I'm storing it in the house. With a, you know, where do I put this thing so it's safe? You know, so no one trips over it. You know, but it's um, you know it's it's so simple when you really look at it. It's two decent servos. Um, the battery is one of those you know double A style lithiums or sorry uh, lipos, so uh, 1200 milliamp. So that thing will fly off those things for forever and it's got mm-hmm. an old it's got an old six channel dsm2 receiver so if i ever pick up any of those little four tens or something tiny mm-hmm. uh, even smaller i'll put that in there because i just need the two channels or three three channels with the power input and it's got a little five volt converter so right. it's really it's really simple but it's it was perfect i mean i'd been wanting to get a um a DL for a while, and I looked at a couple of cheap entry-level ones from Hobby King. But every time I would talk about the power system, the converter was, uh, you know, out of stock. Or as soon as I had a lipo, I'm into uh, a FedEx shipping kind of thing, right? So uh. I'm like, ah, you know. So I just, so like I said, this is probably one of those airplanes that will that'll come with me. I I don't know if I would bring it to Flight Fest with me, but if we do another road trip in, mm-hmm. in next spring, you know, I'll uh, I'll figure out how to transport it really safely. So yeah, and even the Hobby King ones, I know they're uh, they're fairly decent uh, quality wise, but again, they're not 
really super cheap, you know, for, you know, to get into the DLG. So, uh, I, you know, I think what you got is perfect for someone just, you know, wanting to get their feet wet or give it a try and see what they think. Well, what was the, what was the thing you really enjoyed about it? Was it just, you know, the no motor and the challenge of, you know, trying to get it up and cruise and see how long you could stay up or. I think it was just being able to do it right out of the way. I mean, the the, the park was empty. It was like, you know, 4.30, quarter to 5 in the mm-hmm. afternoon. There's no one there. I'm all by myself. There's a couple of people walking dogs. And I must have looked like a fool because I'd be going <laughs> in circles. And off she'd go. And it was just, you get that talk. It's, it's almost, uh, you know, in line with uh, hitting a good golf, you know, ball hit. You know, you're yeah. like, ah. That worked because, you know, every – I'm not a very coordinated person. So it's like every <laughs> second or third one, you're kind of like, well, that didn't work. But then you get these really nice pops and it goes straight up. You know, some of them are pretty wild or you're like, oh, I got to turn right away because I'm going to run into a tree or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. Um, but you just – every once in a while, you just get that really nice shoot up and it's just like, oh, yeah, okay, nice. And it just goes. So I just know it's something I can – progress uh, i'll probably be able to keep flying this thing into the fall but i'll have to watch the conditions obviously because i don't know if i want to get that thing wet um this should be able to take it i mean the foam looks pretty covered up and everything and i've, I've read enough about the community and i had no throw settings or nothing on this thing because i'd uh, i'd had to change the radio over and so the last minute i was adding it to the model uh, in, into the, the the new tyrannus radio and um uh, i didn't even set any of the throws or nothing which is probably why i popped the uh the rudder but i'm like yeah whatever i don't need expo on this thing or nothing you're just basically dialing in throws so i'll I'll go back to the manual and i'll clean everything up and have it ready to go but now it's one of those you know i could easily see myself blowing an entire afternoon of flying doing the radiant and then landing and then probably flying the dlg you know yeah and that's exactly what wayne and i used to do a lot is we would um you know whether it would be say uh, later in the afternoon we'd fly our radians you know hunt around for thermals and then as the uh you know the sun started going down it would cool off and you get that the hot thermal pockets coming off of the ground in the late evenings we'd pull out the dlgs and just you know go to town and uh and it's definitely more fun if you got somebody else too you know because it's you know you're trying you know having fun friendly competition to try and outdo each other or see who can stay up or you know one guy's flying one area one flying the other one go hey i got something over here we got some lift here you know or sometimes uh we venture around look for just i mean andre you have to kind of scope around see if you, you can even find a small little uh hill or, or or ledge or anything you know where the the wind favors you know coming over and just yeah yeah yeah, uplift like stuff. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. you know, what how little uh, air it takes to keep those things, you know, flying around. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm just yeah, I'm just excited to 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 be able to to, to just finally discuss the experience because yeah, it's I, something like a, it's it, yeah, it took it's a while. To explain to people who've yeah. never done it. It really is. I, and and that was what we said about the whip. It the whip. It was definitely uh, I guess we call it the social DLT. Yeah. <laughs> but, because that was the that I mean I was on the fence to buy one and it was kind of one of those it was too small as mm-hmm. a as a practical deal I'm using the word right. practical and DLG that's funny um, but you would never you'd never sit there by yourself and throw a little whippet right it's just it's the whippet was perfect for when you're in your pack a group of friends right so this was this just met my needs as far as me 
flying it by myself. We'll see if anybody else around here picks up on it and and sees if uh, it becomes something. But you know, we've got we're what middle of August, late August now, so we've got maybe two or three months before it really changes winter into into the mm-hmm. pre-winter flying conditions. You know, we got to pull up the mitts and stuff like that. So yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And the thing I found out about the Whippet, too, especially uh, the previous year at Flight Fest, and, and don't get me wrong, for what you're getting and the price point of the Whippet, if you want to get into any kind of DLG, you can't really beat that thing, especially if you want, you know, maybe just stay around home or, you know, something like that. But we had a big group of us, and it was all kind of a big competition. Well, it got to the point where every one of us had the whippet so dialed in and, and flying so good that it basically boiled down to who got the best the throw. Toss. Yeah. And later on, I started noticing that most of our wings, we just kept trying to throw it harder and harder and harder, get more altitude, more altitude. We started to stress out the wing, you know, started to get some stress cracks in it and everything. So uh, that's, that's the only problem I seen uh, with the whippet as you know competition wise so but still for the money you really can't beat it yeah i uh, i tell you speaking of uh, speaking of flight fest it, it it got to the point when i got home i'm like yeah, yeah i'll get out flying so i'll leave a couple of those packs charged i had to start actually you know running some of my packs through uh, um storage cycles because they had been charged for such a long time i'm like i gotta get i gotta drop these things they, they can't stay charged for this long you know mm-hmm. and i actually got to the point where everything was discharged and then i'm like yeah i can go flying and i'm like i couldn't even take the radiant because i didn't have any 1300s ready to go and i'm like oh you know i could have just popped that thing up and got some really nice uh, aerial shots so but yeah. Yeah, and even like like Saturday, I had to get home for nine o'clock because of it. So it was like I woke up and I was like, okay, run to the field, and flew a couple things, hit a tree, and then you know had to come home. <laughs> uh, yeah, I seen some uh, pictures of that uh, tree incident. So what happened there? Uh, it just I I couldn't. I've been trying to redial in. That is the uh, Hobby King Prime Jet, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a fun little thing. But the first. Um, I had the aileron issues, and after that, uh, it, it was never quite the same. So I've been trying to dial it in, and I guess I had my CG too far forward, and I'm pulling back for all I'm worth, and I'm like, nope, not happening. So Ooh. I shut it off, and I just, I just popped through. I could have, uh, I could have grabbed the plane. It wasn't that high up. The photo was really large, so little, because <laughs> I could touch it with my hand. But uh-huh. I ended up getting a. I didn't want to rip up the canards on it because mm-hmm. it, it wedged into the tree just oh, right. That's fun, you know. So I got a friend. One of the guys had a truck with a broom. And like, oh yeah, I could popped it out, but I had no packing tape or nothing because I'd gone with my light, you know, my light field kit, and I'm like, ah, this plane, and I, I'll get it yet. Uh, so, I I had been testing with the prop, and I, uh, I I admit I got a little stingy, and I'm like, oh, I just broke a normal prop. I'll throw an R on there and switch the, you know, switch it. It shouldn't matter, I thought, but boy, did, did it make the plane really unstable with the motor going in the opposite direction uh, for an R? Mm-hmm. So it was it was squirrely, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And so I swapped that off. Same experience with my uh, my baby blender. I put an R right on the front of it, and it would just torque steer in the other direction. Oh, I'm like, man. oh, I'm, you know. So the poor, poor, poor that poor airplane is just it's done. It got so wrinkled up and everything. So I'm just like, ah, uh. yeah. So the but uh, so far. 
I mean, the prime jet will take a hit, and then it's really easy to re-glue that. Uh, uh, I don't even know what the material is, but obviously it's a it's a plastic reinforced foam board, and it 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 responds well to to all the glues. So mm-hmm. I've just been taking my glue gun and just. And I packed a bunch of packing foam, the dense stuff, into the nose. And so now I just have to um, – I'm just going to move the battery back a little bit more. And that will give me some CG and up the uh, throws on the on the elevator because uh, it's just uh, it's just two servos in the back. So um, so it should go. I mean once it's uh, – the first flight was just a riot with it. And then after that, it just – I have not had the, the repeat success. But I'll get it yet. Yeah, and then – the what did I do? The arrow. Uh, I cooked the 1704. Eventually, I lost a pole on that, so I happen to have a brand new 1806, and uh, I got some 3s 800s now. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> no more 2s on it for Andre. <laughs> 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 oh, so I'm just beaming this thing around. Uh, Wednesday, I think it was. Yeah, and just beaming it around with the put a put a camera I was testing on it, and just had a just it was like okay yeah i i do enjoy little wings and uh it was just beaming around as much as i could through the park and just throttle 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 so that's been fun testing that thing yeah you know the other thing i was uh thinking the other day too about this time of year in general and i haven't heard a whole lot is you're at that point of the year where summer's kind of ending we're coming in the fall and going in the winter there, there isn't a whole lot really going on in the rc industry like you know you might get a few little products coming out here and there hobby king comes out with a plane here and there but like it seems like the mass you know we go through that period where nothing's really going on we're kind of leading up you know uh for around fall or late fall or coming into christmas where we know you know, a lot of companies are going to be bringing their uh, stuff out for whether indoor flying or the new products coming out for Christmas. So you're kind of in that lull period, too, where at least for us up here, the weather's changing. There's not a whole lot of new stuff coming out or whatever. So it's just that really weird, strange part of the year. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And it's, yeah. If they haven't got their summer releases out to whatever reason, they're almost better off holding them now till yeah. almost before Christmas. So, right. you, you know, you know, so people are like, ah, yeah. Well, I, I guess, uh, you know what? Actually, this year was pretty good as far as I what agree. we saw being rolled out. I, I agree. mean, really good year from all, from all the companies. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's been fun. I mean, and everybody's still got a few little gems, I think, in the li- in the line to entice us. But it's 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 really uh, it's. I'd almost like to see them shift their seasons, right? So we're not getting any surprises late into the fall because it, it's you know, mind you, I should say nothing because I've got a bunch of warbirds I haven't even <laughs> made it yet. Uh, the guys were teasing me about that on, at the field on Wednesday or Saturday, and I'm like, ah, you know, there's a P40 I've had now. I will have had oh, since my birthday. That's right. You have not flown that yet. Yeah. So the fall, the fall, you're gonna see me concentrating a little bit on my 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 shelf. I had that wonderful shelf of warbirds, you know, and every one of them is going to get flown and going to get profiled because it has to be. And I finally, the the running excuse for the, for the warbirds was I never had the batteries, and suddenly I have the batteries. So, yeah, that, I, I, I've got work to do. That P40 is really turning into a shelf queen. Should uh, we make a uh, plaque yeah. for you and uh, set it up? And, yeah. yeah, I know. I, I, I feel terrible. It's like, it's just one of those, um, I'm... 
I, I, I full on admit I'm terrified to have a bad experience with some of these airplanes because I am truly attached to them. And then, you know, you get someone like Stuart who says, they're just foam. It's not like a balsa plane, Andre. It's foam. And, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sure once once I relax, and, and right. so I, that's why I was ready to take out the uh, my $100 Park Zone uh, Corsair. But mm-hmm. the wind conditions just weren't right. And, you know, I just just started flying again. Like, I mean, that's that's what's beautiful about the Tundra on Wednesday. I mean, I rang that thing for all it was worth. The video was fun to watch, you know. And I'm actually, I was doing inverted flight, Chris. Nice. Yeah, I was I was up high enough that I was comfortable, and I was mixing in some rudder to control it, and I'd roll over and do some some snaps, and then I'd be like, okay, now I can spin it, I can do a down, you know, I can roll out inverted, or I can do it. Sorry, I can, you know, yeah, I do an inverted push. Oh, because the Tundra could do it. I'm like, well, the pilot would be dead if there was a pilot <laughs> in the plane. But after a couple of those spins I'd do, and so I was just like, yeah. Like my first landing, I came in and I rolled it over right away. I'm like, punk. Thunk, over she went. And I'm like, eh, darn it. <laughs> you know? So I just got in there. And there was a couple times where I'm like, I'm a little close to those trees coming on on, on final, but I, you know, no real issues. So, but uh, yes, yes, I, I, I full on admit I've been bad. I mean, I still have the parts for the, the albatross to put the wing back together, right? So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to do that. I've got some nice, I've got some smaller 1800 batteries for that plane as well now. Oh, you know, there's never there never seems to be enough time. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah, hopefully, you know, kids get back to school. We get on our routine. Hopefully, we get mm. a little bit more time here. Get some stuff yeah. done. I know uh, Mike Coolins has had that timber. I think he's been flying a little bit. I got a brief, uh, I don't know, flight on it at Flight Fest, and we're, and we're set up to he do a it. big review on it. You had uh, it at Flight Fest? Yes, he did. I flew it at Flight Fest. Darn it, I didn't even see it. <laughs> Matter of fact, and I don't know what happened. Something, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, we pulled out the Tundra, and he pulled out the Timber, and we were going to go head-to-head and just tool around a little bit and then pass the transmitter back and forth, and I can't remember. Something happened, and I remember I didn't fly the Tundra, and I don't – I'll have to talk to Mike. I can't remember what happened. Anyway, we, we got the Timber up and cruised it around, got it trimmed out, and then I flew – I probably flew a battery – uh, you know, through it, uh, and it's so. F- first initial flight was great. I really liked it. Real stable. Uh, the slow flight was amazing. But again, we you know want to get it out and do a real good full review on it, like you know yeah. Wayne to fly it too. So that ad is definitely coming up. We're gonna do that. Just getting us together and getting our hands on it. Maybe we can get Pat and Scott out there and you know get a, a broad spectrum yeah. on how this thing really flies. So it's coming. I promise you. We just. We, I don't know what to do. We just almost need to just quit our jobs, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. It's tough. Yeah. Or if you get time, the weather's crappy, and uh, and we are asked that question so like soon as the soon as the timber was announced, you know, what are your thoughts? Compare them with X, Y, and Z. You know? Yeah, and I'm. Uh, I'm. It's funny. I'm still. I, I sat there yeah uh, yesterday, and my dad had the fun cub out, and yeah. you know. And he's beaming around. He still flies it way too quick compared to what I, I, I'm comfortable watching. But I'm yeah. like, ooh, ooh, slow. But ah. but he's getting better with it. It's it's uh, it's been fun to watch him progress with it. And he put the decals on it. Mm-hmm. And he came home one day and he says, my batteries didn't really like that. I'm like, well, maybe we need to prop it down because I was running the 12 by 6. I never had an issue. 
Mm. Um, but maybe that motor was just pulling the heat and everything. So I told him, I passed him some 11 by, I think 11 by 5.6s or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he says, okay, I've got to run the throttle a little harder compared to what it used to as far as torque, like just Mm -hmm. a tiny bit more. But he says the batteries aren't coming in as, as, uh, and they're not drawing as much out of the batteries. So Mm. I'm like, okay, we, we got it for now. We can change back come winter, you know? Yeah. Is he, is he running a 2200s? Uh, yes. Um, if I remember right, I think mine's here. Uh, if if you have the right KV motor that is recommended, I think they they like to fly that on a twelve by four. Yeah. Well, and that's what we might do as well. We might try looking because I, yeah. I had some twelve by six APCs, so I'm, mm-hmm. that's why I said next time we go and do an order, we'll we'll switch it around. Um, and we'll go. And that motor has seen a little action. You know, that, mm-hmm. I've had that motor for a while. He switched out the ESC for something he had. So, and because I, I had never had problems, I had never once overheated a battery. But I don't think I was flying around as fast or as hot as he does. Yeah, right. You know, right. That's kind of like you know, in me in the tundra. Like you know, everybody's like, do a do a milk run, and I'm like, I just can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I go slow for a little bit, and then after that, it's like firewall and vertical and climbing and flipping yeah. and rolling and i'm like i've never had the desire to do a milk run because i know i can do it but yeah mm. it's it still it's nice he, i mean he took the decals he put he kept a googly eyes on it and he put the decal package he's like i didn't know you had decals for this thing i said yeah he says, oh, it's much better for me to see it this way <laughs> so he, so he's all happy and then uh, i passed him um it was what do you say he went out to the field and he had it all set up, and he's ready to go, and he plugs it all in, gets his remote, and nothing is working. And he, and he said he spent 10 minutes trying to figure out why the plane wasn't working, and then realized he hadn't put the module into the re- transmitter. Oh, man. So I'm like, well, here you go. Happy birthday. And I threw him two uh, brand-new FR, uh, FR Sky receivers. So, you know, as as, uh, as he goes, he can switch over most of his airplanes, too. So he was happy about that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, we, I do like my high wing, so. Yeah. Hey, I got a story for you. I think you like this. It's kind of funny. Um, it, it's sort of RC related, a little bit not, but it's. I think it's a pretty good story. So um, the family and I, we've been trying to figure out, you know, more stuff to maybe do together. And, you know, uh, I, I'd really like to get out of these stick and ball sports a little bit. They take up so much of our time. And back in the day, uh, I used to race a lot of mountain bikes and I used to travel all around. And when I met my wife, I, I kind of drug her into it and we used to travel all around and, and ride and race mountain bikes and had a lot of fun with it. And, you know, you, you get older, get married and have the kids and you stop doing a lot of that. And, um, so they have a new type of mountain bike racing called enduro racing and it's getting really popular. And, and the thing is, with this new type of racing, Andre, uh, you know, originally with the cross country, like you had to ride two, three times a week, be in pretty decent shape, you know, really enjoy it and get out there. And obviously it's kind of hard to do that. So now with this enduro racing, they, they have these stages where, um, they time you on certain sections. They, they, they have these stages and you go and they time you in between sections. So a lot of it's kind of downhill, flat pedaling with technical sections. So you don't really have to be in great shape to, to go have fun and, you know, beat yourself to death. So they had a local event here uh, at a place called Vultures Knob. And I, and I said, hey, let's, let's just go out and we'll check it out and see what's going on. We haven't been on the mountain bike scene, you know, we just besides uh, riding here locally a little bit. So I said, let's go, let's go check it out. So we grabbed the family, headed out there for the day. And... 
get there and it's you know it's a lot of walking because there all these uh courses they, the five stages were all set up in various um positions out in the woods and you know you're walking around trying to find a cool little section to watch the riders come through and everything so anyway we're at this really gnarly section uh, they call it the over under and it's this big golly and the riders are coming off this big like three foot drop and going down through this uh dry creek bed and through this ravine it was really cool and we're hooting and hollering and cheering on all the riders and i look over and i seen a guy standing there and he had a rotor riot shirt on so think about this we're out in the middle of nowhere in a little farm town outside of wooster you know the, in a in a mountain biking community and i see a guy with a rotor riot shirt on i'm like what are the odds in that i mean really and out of all the people there you know the uh, the all the spectators all the racers and the the families and i spot the one guy with a rotor riot shirt on so naturally i'm like i gotta go talk to this guy you know so i went up and said hey man how you doing i see you had a rotor riot shirt on of course you know once he knew i knew what rotor riot, his eyes lit up you know and he goes yeah 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 i fly planes i, I watch the rotor riot guys and this and that and then he's he's like uh I went to this festival down in Malvern called Flight Fest. He goes, it was one of the greatest things I've ever been to. And he goes, I had so much fun. I said, so I introduced myself. I said, oh, my name's Chris, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, have been involved with uh, flight tests for a long time. And then I mentioned the podcast. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. He goes, I recognize your voice now. He goes, I listen to the podcast. He goes, I what a small world is this two guys you know out in the middle of nowhere and and see each other and talk and realize you know we have all this in common with rc and i it just blew my mind you know my wife's like no matter where we go with you no. you run into somebody who is either in the rc or recognizes you or something she goes it doesn't matter what we do or where we go and i was like that's crazy you know that is yeah. just a small just shows sometimes how small the world really is out there i couldn't believe it so that was my my little highlight of the uh, the mountain bike story from yesterday that is awesome that is awesome yeah i, I throw the, the flight test t-shirt on james once in a while and even we've had uh someone i was at a cub meeting and i had my one of my shirts on and i was right it was recognized and like oh yeah i buy that stuff and i know who that is and i i get the multi-rotors and everything so yeah it's still funny or you're at the field and once in a while i'll get someone and they'll be like hey i i watch i listen to the show and so that's cool yeah i was even surprised the last couple of years um uh, flight test helped just uh, helped out a little bit with our uh, baseball team, so we put the logo on the shirt sleeve. So you know we were on a pretty pretty good travel team, and so we did you know traveling all all around. And it was funny to see uh, going around that uh, a lot of the dads, even some of the kids, would recognize the logo and like, oh wow, flight test. Well, you know, so it was it was it's amazing how how much they are really out there, how big they, big the community or. Or you know their videos, even even if they uh, some people aren't even in the RC, but they they know what flight test is and they know the YouTube channel. So yeah. it's actually pretty surprising. Actually. And they got some pretty good international uh, coverage this weekend. So <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I I was impressed. Um, initially, I didn't know what they were doing till uh, Austin announced it. But you know that I've seen that giant wing that they've been working on. It seems like forever. 
uh, been in the shop down there. <clears throat> and even the last time we did a podcast, like I had to move everything around because the wing took up the whole oh, space, one yeah. section right there. And they've been working on it. I thought initially, uh, I mean, I don't know how much I could say this, but I know when Peter was there, they were actually working on a, a super duper big RC airplane and they were going to make it, um, uh, I think a water plane. He was going to put like four 30cc gas engines on it and they just wanted to see if they could get it out and get it flying. They were talking about it. So initially I wasn't paying much attention. I thought that's what they were kind of working on, even though looking at the size of that wing, I'm like, man, that's a pretty big RC airplane, you know. Uh, and then didn't realize till actually Austin posted it, they were going to go up and do the uh, Red Bull event. So I thought that was pretty cool. I, I've known some other people that went and did it around, you know, various parts of the country. And uh, it's a cool event. And to actually see those guys go up there, and I thought they would do pretty good. And I'm not going to lie. But to actually walk away with with the event win and the People's Choice Award. Choice, yeah. Holy cow, that really that really blew me away and i uh got to see some of the video uh somebody has posted and to see it it was really cool now my question was and i'm not sure and i didn't ask or i didn't really dig into too deep but do you know who is the one actually flying the chad oh chad nowak you got it Uh, yeah i wonder if they put him there because of the uh the little glider glider experience huh yeah i don't know i don't know or maybe he was the lightest of them all yeah that could be too (laughs) tall enough enough to wear the 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 strap set up and everyone he's not strapped in but tall enough to do it but i think it's the glider uh Mm. you know because he was in they did a live casting there when Uh it and I watched that. It was funny to listen to him talk his way through it. But good for them to mash up the two teams and, and just, you know, and, and obviously that the, the, the international exposure level is, is fantastic for them. So I know I know Austin was tweeting out and stuff like that. So it's just bravo to those guys. You know, they, they, they really did well. And they went 70 feet, I think. And yeah. I think the craft, I think the craft remained intact, too. Yeah. So. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. Now I guess they got to figure out where they're going to put it when they bring it home. If they – would you even bring it home? I got to wonder. You know, I, I don't know. Well, you know what? The um, I guess the harness and the tail section and that, that's all part of that glider that Josh Bixler had found. Mm-hmm. But the wings, that was just something they fabricated together because they had the templates. So they just made it with foam and everything. It's actually mm-hmm. pretty neat. I'm sure it's going to be really well um, – it was – well, actually, they documented it pretty good in their, their video logs. So mm-hmm. blogs. So. Yeah, it was impressive. Like I said, I, I've been watching build that wing slowly, and it it really was a work of art. Of, you know how they build it, like you said, with mostly just foam and and laser cutting. Yeah, yeah, it was very impressive. And obviously, they maybe know a little more what they're doing. But I was surprised because I, I watched some other videos, and there was some other wings that looked like you would think would do pretty good, and either they just didn't have the lift you know and kind of went right off there and didn't have the speed and stalled right out or the wings just folded up as soon as they got off the platform (laughs) so you know you got to give it to them a little bit that they did a really good design actually it looked like they you know had a little bit of lift the thing didn't just stall right out and drop into the the water and you know Uh, the elevator was basically you know it looked like it was tacked full back anyhow (laughs) yeah Whatever it was doing, it wasn't doing a whole lot. Uh, it's funny. A few years ago, they had that in Ottawa, and I watched the guys over a course of a week 
build the entire stage and you're like this is a massive massive structure <laughs> because mm-hmm. it extends off the land and then goes into the water for their and it was just you know and they got to get out so far that they you know when people fall in the water they've got the depth to, to, to you know slow down and uh yeah it's a, it's a big event it is and and the cool thing with that is uh you know being red bull is man they're they're gonna have a ton more exposure because red bull is worldwide yeah. Uh, I even uh, have Red Bull. They have their own channel. You probably have Apple TV. I actually watch a, a lot of uh, Red Bull TV on my yes. Apple TV of different yeah. events. So that will be on there. So, you know, exposure-wise or, you know, especially when you win something like that, you know, a yeah. lot of people are going, Dominated. Who's, this, who's this flight test people group or this rotor? Rock? Well, what is this? You know, and just yeah. go check it out. So yeah. definitely good go. for them for sure. I love seeing all those analytics and stats. Those 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 are kind of fun. I'm sure they're going to see it on their sites and everything as as the as the videos get out and, and get disseminated. So yeah, very cool. And congratulations to the guys. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, I know something uh, I wanted to talk about. I get tons and tons of questions or emails or comments on Instagram about stuff like this. Now, initially, what we'll probably do later because uh, I know some guys really kind of want to get into the technical side. I've been talking to Dave Knott forever about this. And I still haven't had him on. But uh, to get, you know, Wayne and Dave together and even you, because you, you got a lot of video and editing knowledge also, but uh, a lot of, you know, deep technical questions about, you know, uh, what kind of cameras they use, why do they use them, what works, what to do. Uh, as far as that side, I'm, I'm completely an idiot. I don't, I don't know. I grab my wife's camera and put it on automatic and just start firing away pictures. That's, that's what I do. But, you know, Wayne's really good as far as the uh, technical side with a, a high-end camera on how he, you know, a lot of people say, man, how does he get those shots? What does he do? How do I have no idea. That's something, you know, we got to get Wayne on. He can, you know, sit down and, and really dive into the technical side. And same thing with Dave. If you want to get in, it's like as far as, uh, DIY and camera setup and, you know, how to shoot, you know, Wayne's really good at the, the still photography. And then you got Dave on the other side with the video stuff and the editing and also you with the editing, you know, if we can. So my suggestion, if you do have a lot of, you know, deep technical questions, send them in to me, you know, we can compile a list, but, uh, hopefully soon we can get all those guys together, sit down with you and Wayne and Dave and, and get a good technical, you know, deep, uh, podcast with the uh, all that stuff and also a lot of I, I love picking Dave Knopp's brain on you know that's the other question like what cameras do you use for uh, putting on your plane and this and that and it's yeah. it's pretty surprising of what Dave you, I think you you guys out there listening would be surprised to see what Dave uses and how he rigs them up and and yeah. everything there's it's, the um, actually one of the recent videos when the guys were doing the um, the the video again the the vlogs have been fun mm-hmm. i hope they are actually able to continue them because uh, there's one shot where they were doing the um the the frisbee toss yeah yeah, yeah. The, the glider golf right and uh dave is there and they're talking to him as he's setting up and he's like oh i'm flashing all my sd cards and i've got you know i'm going to use this camera and this camera and this camera and this camera you mm-hmm. know and i'm like that's cool yeah right right but what we'll, I think we'll talk about today, uh, I still get a lot of questions on, you know, how did you get that shot? What were you using? How did you set it up? How was it mounted? 
Uh, so I thought maybe we could meet between me and you because I know you do a lot also, and I'm I'm actually getting a little bit more involved on strapping cameras onto my planes and doing that thing. But we could just touch base on some stuff, on what we use, how we do it, uh, the setup, and everything, and you know maybe get some questions answered on that side and help people out a little bit because it seems to be a really big topic. Yep, and. Maybe I'm kind of spoiled since I've been around a lot of this since close to the beginning of uh, flight tests. So, you know, the guys with David and Chad and, and everyone, you know, strapping cameras on the planes from the beginning and how to get the shot and everything. I, maybe it's I've become more accustomed to it and it doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't see where it, it doesn't seem that hard to me. But it, it, apparently with the questions we're getting, a lot of people want to know. So we'll just kind of dive into there and see what we can get into and try to help you guys out um really um the biggest thing i think people don't realize first i just want to talk about some of the shots that i have uh a a lot of my stuff is from the phantom three and the problem (laughs) with the (laughs) the problem with the fan well even if you had something else even it was like a phantom two or even even a a good quad with a, a gopro on it you know, you could you can actually get you know pretty much the same shots I get. I just generally pull stills from the video. I I do have a lot. of One of these days, I'm telling you, I'll get it out. I know even when you were down here visiting, Andre, you've seen a lot of some of my footage that I've done in the past. It I have a lot of stuff I haven't posted. I just got to really break it down, edit it up, and, and get it on the YouTube channel. But I have a lot of video. Um, but we'll get it out slowly. Anyway, what <clears throat> I was getting to was. It takes a, a really good group um, and a lot of patience to get those, you know, the shots with, with the Phantom or any kind of quad, the air-to-air stuff. And I every it seems like every time I go out and we do try to film something or capture stuff, I learn something new every time. Just when I think, hey, I, I think I kind of figured it out and I know what I'm doing, it either doesn't work or it's not what I want. I get home, I look at the footage, and I'm like, well, that didn't really, that isn't really what I wanted and it didn't work out right. So it's a lot of trial and error, and I know Chad and David can probably tell you the same thing. Even even talking to them here recently, they're like, man, if we had some of this stuff when we started with flight tests, we would just be, it would be unbelievable what, you know, what we could do back then. Yeah. So, but really, you know, you got to have um, somebody who's very patient, knowledgeable of flying that, you know, whatever airplane you're trying to film. Uh, very, you, you have to talk a lot. It's it's a very, you know, hands-on uh, make a, make a plan before you even go out and you get in the air and say, okay, this is what we want to do. This is kind of where we want to get the shots. This is how we're going to fly and, and go with that. And then you got to do a lot of talking, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay straight and level. Um, you know, okay, I'm following you. I'm about three feet behind you. You know, you got to talk through the whole thing. Okay. I'm turning left, you know, very gradual. Um, okay. I'm going to come on the inside. So it's a lot of talking. The other thing we found out right away is if you if you're going out to try to can't capture air to air stuff, it's best to do it on either a calm day or early in the morning, maybe late evening with the lighting, um, because if it's windy, we found out right away, especially with the Phantom Three, that thing is rock solid. So whatever altitude, obviously you put that thing in, it's locked in. And on a windy day, you can't believe how much those RC planes are up and down, left and right, up and down, left and right. And 
at first I was trying to chase that and it'll literally just drive you right into the ground because you're trying to chase that plane up, down, left, right, up, down, left, and it doesn't work. You're better off if it is kind of bumpy to let that RC plane do what it wants to do. Keep your, your quad or your camera platform, you know, stationary and level and just follow it as best you can because it'll drive you nuts. And we definitely learned you want a nice, calm day to try to get those shots. Um, the other thing is too is is the airplane. Like if you think you're going to go out and and get a hundred mile an hour ducted fan jet and you're going to go out and capture uh, video and and pictures with it, it ain't going to happen. I can tell you firsthand. Uh, even when we were trying to capture footage of the Durafly Tundra there for a while, that thing, man, it, it scoots along. And Mike was flying it like just a rocket ship. And I'm like, Mike, you got to slow the thing down. You know, the Phantom likes to fly at about 30 miles an hour, you know, and yeah. that's it. And once you get over that, again, you're just you're just chasing the thing around. You'll chase it all day long. So uh, that's, that's the key thing. You need a, a, a good group with you. And I know, Andre, we've talked about that. And, and a lot of stuff you do is basically on your own. So, you know. Yeah, it's, it, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a different beast. And I, I haven't had the chance to do what you're describing yet. And um, I don't really have the vehicle, the air, the, you know, the, the, the capture platform at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. But. And and the thing too, I'm I'm learning is, <clears throat> I may go out and shoot, who knows, thirty minutes, forty minutes, forty five minutes of video, and you may once you get it cut down and look at and everything, you may really only have two three minutes of of good stuff, and then even yep. to post it, even that, you may even cut it down even more, you know to get something that you you really like, and and out of that too, you may only get four, five, six stills that are really, you know, halfway yeah. decent, at least in, in my personal opinion, decent enough to, you know, post or something that, that somebody might look at that and go, wow, that, that's a pretty cool picture. I wonder yeah. how they got that or how did, you know. So it's, uh, it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of patience, and, and just doing it consistently. Yeah, it's a, in the industry they call it a 20 to 1 ratio. So for every one minute of footage you've seen, uh, there's like 20 minutes of or 20 hours of captured footage and then the editing and so on and so on. So, yeah. you know, there's, yeah, there's times. I haven't done a multi-camera setup in a while. Um, uh, it's just one of those I'll go out and I'll put, if I'm doing a new product review or something and I'm out flying, especially if I'm alone, I don't have to worry about anybody else. Um, you know, I'll do the standard ball cap thing. It drives me crazy doing that shot, but it's the one I can use to track the aircraft at least. Mm-hmm. And then I do like putting something on a tripod and flying by. If you're, you know, if the aircraft is remotely slow and stable, that's easy to do. Otherwise, you're running the risk of flying into the tripod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I'll set up a camera elsewhere to get a get the cutaway shot. So it's uh, there's a couple things. When I did the Sea Duck video, something I hadn't done in a long time is i flew three flights but i moved the camera my onboard camera every single time so i was getting i was able to get like three or four different perspectives and then i just took all that footage and i combined it down to like you said you know uh, mm-hmm. i had three or four separate flights of seven or eight minutes and i got a like a minute and you know a 90 second video clip of this thing doing various maneuvers with flybys on the ground and stuff like that so right um and one thing I, I like what you've been doing, and I know we talked about it, it might be kind of a little tip for everyone out there. And this is a personal opinion of mine. Um, I hate to get on YouTube. Somebody has, say they got a new plane. You're like, oh, cool. I'm kind of excited to see it. And all you get is maybe some 
super high aerial footage where the plane looks like a dot and then they show they're on board and all they have is a camera stuck on the nose where you're seeing this big noisy airplane with this big propeller in front of it to me i'm like whatever i don't like it so you know if you're on the ground you know andre you've been pretty good at getting you know the close flybys uh the good shots with the the cam the the cameras on the wings but what I the other thing I like what you've been doing is, and I know I think people were kind of maybe picking on you a little bit is, uh, but but you're doing a good job at it now. Is you're talking through your flying, like you're just you know talking, narrating, giving us your thoughts and everything, and then you're cutting that end of your of your flight video. Like every now and then, you know, you throw a little bit of sound in there from the airplane, which I think is fine and great. But you still got that narration of of why the plane's flying around. You're kind of giving your perspective on it, and I think that is fantastic. Yeah, there's it, it. Yeah, it's funny. I've got to be in the mood to do a lot of those ones. Um, it's sometimes, sometimes I can't fly and talk at the same time. <laughs> this is true. It depends on the airplane and how comfortable you are. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Uh, and then yeah, exactly. A couple of them I'll do, especially if they're new to me. I like that because um, it was it was the Pawnee experience that really taught me. Um, to try and verbalize what was going on and why things weren't going the way I thought they were going. And that really pushed me to, you know, to take, take that knowledge and that information, that delivery, mm -hmm. uh, the content delivery to to another level. So yeah, so it's just, and that's a case of you have to have a microphone or camera with a decent microphone or the position. Uh, I haven't quite got there where I'm taking my audio recorder because I'm like, I'm taking so much equipment to the field. Yeah. Um, but uh, I find one or two of my cameras that are pretty, you know, the ball cap ones tend to be uh, pretty decent microphone to capture that. I've been actually working with another microphone or another camera that we ripped open and we put a, an audio connector in there so I can get a bit of a, a windsock microphone on one of them. So we're, we're playing around constantly. And even as I test uh, new cameras that come in for me for review, I'm really, the thing I'm picking about, I find a lot lately, is the audio. Yeah. Uh, because a couple of them, they're just like the Mobius was good, but the Mobius video was a little less than desirable. The Runcam two blew the video quality out of the out of, it just just completely decimated it. But the audio was so weak that you know you come up and you grab the plane and you go, that's cool, and you can't hear anything because the audio is so muffled. So yeah. I've got another one that just came in that I've been testing now that I'm really it's got it's kind of a good mix between it's got you know decent video quality and it's got really good audio quality. So that's that it's been on the last two videos just as an aerial platform as I test it. So um, so that one's probably going to be used a lot. So mm -hmm. those are fun. I, yeah. and I mix I mix between the cameras I fly with. Um, I don't tend to put any of the GoPro style cameras on my airplanes because they're big bricks. Yes. Uh, I like those Mobius style, you know, the the the, the cylinder, the yep. lengthy ones. They tend to just get stuck on everything, you know. Yep. Uh, and I've got a really tiny one that I've relied on for the longest time. Uh, it's 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 pretty low res. It's got a tiny screen, a tiny lens on it, and everything. But it was uh, one of those cameras that you'd stick on things like the Radiant, and the Radiant wouldn't feel it. Where mm -hmm. you put you put a run cam or a Mobius on the Radiant, and I'm into doing CG balances and everything, yep. right? So I'm really picky about that lately. But so and tethers, I like having tethers mm -hmm. on my cameras for some crazy reason. Well, I think you've lost a few, and and the thing is. Uh, I, I really haven't lost anything, so the Velcro has been working pretty good for me. And yeah. 
the the thing I wanted to bring up too is um, with today's cameras, whether it's uh, the Run Cam Two or what's the new one you got from um, Gearbest. The Hawkeye Firefly Q6. Yeah, some, any of these new cheaper cameras, something like that, they work fantastic. Um, and my suggestion would be, and I will see if you agree with me, especially with these newer ones that have the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi is great, and what I like about them is not so that when I'm up, you know, kind of flying around the range isn't the greatest, so you're not going to be looking at your phone and seeing the shots, but is to set the camera up. You know, you can you can put it on the wing, look at your, your phone, see what it looks like, see the angle, how, how you want to move it around. You can play around with that to put the camera on the plane to see, you know, what kind of shot looks good or what you like. And I think that's important. Again, I hate, you know, people that just throw it on the front of their plane. You're looking at the nose and the propeller and are just out flying around doing, you know, crazy yeah. loops and stuff. You know, Wait, you mix mean it I just, up a little I, I bit. I just did that, man. <laughs> <laughs> well... That's fine every now and then, but, you know, I think you got to mix it up and try different shots, try different angles, try different things with them. Um, But I, I, and you know, to warn you, um, be careful because Mm -hmm. uh, I put a run cam too on the Radiant XL here recently, uh, a couple posts ago on Instagram. You know, the shot was great. It looks good. I got a lot of compliments of it, but let me tell you, uh, <laughs> thinking that the, the Radiant XL being as big as it was and a small run cam too, and I put that camera on the outside of that wing, Andre, oh, I buddy. did not think that I was going to get that plane home. That's how yeah. bad it was. And it's, oh, I know. It's a small light camera. That thing did not like that camera on the outside no. of the wing. I, uh, I know the first time I put the run cam on, and I've run mine... Uh, on the top of the wing along the fuse and I didn't have the ba- I didn't I didn't move the battery um, forward to compensate for that mm-hmm. rearward weight yeah and the thing took off and it was just I I was you know full elevator to get the CG you know just to balance the plane and brought it back in and corrected it but it was I wouldn't want to try put it on the wing tip of my radiant oh Oh, you know, uh, it was crazy because I put it on her didn't think about it, chucked it in the air man this thing was just going left I mean just the wind yeah. was dipping. Dipping. I'm yeah. full right, you know, and it yeah. was a little gusty. So if I got a gust, you know, blowing me to the left, full right was doing nothing. I mean, it yeah. was kind of going into a spiral, and I was like, "Whoa, I got major issues." Brought it back in, looked at everything. Everything seemed fine. Took it back up, did the same thing. Brought it back in. I'm like, "There's no way it could be this camera. There's no way." I pulled the camera off, threw it in there. It was perfect. I'm like, "You're no. kidding me. You're kidding no. me. This little camera is causing this much drag and and weight." The- that much weight, even that little Ooh. bit of weight, that far out, man. Uh, so you either got to run a second camera on the other wing or have some kind of counterbalance just to help that out. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I like to do is, you know, if, if you do have a camera and you got it on the wing and you got the right uh, angle, you know, of, of what you're trying to shoot or whatever, is when you get up in the air, just, you know, d- don't fly straight and level. You know, dip the wings a little bit. Try yeah. to get that sky shot or that ground shot. It's just, it's really just a lot of trial and error. And I'm here to tell you that you could go out one day and think you're going to get all this amazing footage and everything, and it's a complete waste. You get home, look at the pictures, look at the footage, and you're like, that sucks. Yeah. So don't get discouraged. It's It, it takes time um, and just just... You know, play around. Just try different things, and you'll get some good stuff. I guarantee it. 
Oh yeah, like when I when I did the C duck, the the gem for the C duck are those flat spins, and so I was just having a riot putting the camera, particularly the ones looking out over the wing mm-hmm. when you yeah. when you went into it, because I mean the the viewpoint is just you know death spiral, ground up, you know, and it's just, it was fun. And actually, with this new camera, I was um, with those two those first two flights I flew with um, was it was pretty well stock settings. So I came back and I was really disappointed because particularly with the arrow, it'd get down to the ground and it would, it would brighten the picture up and you'd shoot back up and it would crush the video because the, uh, the sky and everything. So I played around with that for about a half an hour going through settings, 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 settings. So now I have an idea of what I like with that camera. So, um, next time I'm out flying, I didn't shoot anything on Saturday cause I didn't have any, didn't, didn't have the camera with me actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, my next time out, I'll see if those make a difference and I can compare the two. Um, as you get into the clouds or sky, you know, and that's that's the uh, that's the running annoyance with a lot of these cameras. You set the setting up and you know it's, you know, and it's like, oh, no, the conditions have changed. Well, what do I do for those changed conditions so it doesn't, you know, blow out? And that was um, that was my beef with the Mobius. The Mobius and snow did, never got along. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I could never, ever, ever get that camera to work. I think I've got a little polarized lens adapter that I'll put on again for the winter mm-hmm. um, because it is a decent camera and everything. Uh, but I just it just needed that little bit of help. The run cam had no issue, but again, the audio was weak. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of hoping the Q6 will be my intermediate camera because I still like getting a decent audio feed. I mean, I'm not going to run the audio all the time, but I still want to be able to hear what the airplane's doing. That's kind of neat when you do something cool and you hear all the sounds or if sure. you, you know, crunch into the ground. Yep. Which, which happens. Yep, yep. I agree 100%. So, uh, let's see anything else we could maybe add to that. I think we covered quite a bit. Oh, it's uh yeah, fiddle around with them. I mean, in the end, I mean, I just it's it's I, I, I've gotten better at not feeling that, that I have to post a video as compulsive, but it's it's kind of nice, especially if I've been a bit of a lull. And for me, for my releases now, if I do if I do shoot a bunch of videos, if I've had a really productive uh, flying day, mm-hmm. I'll I'll stage out my releases when I gotta post edit them and all this. But I've been you know better at releasing them all in in a uh, linear fashion rather than just dumping all of them on at once. And uh, I, I do find shorter is better. Sometimes, depending on what I'm testing, particularly with these camera tests, I'll do a full flight, you know, and they're only five or six minutes, so it's mm-hmm. not too bad. Right. But it's uh, it's good just to see the camera go through and then the aircraft go through. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm modest enough that if I crash a plane, I'll leave the video in there because, you know, you get the laugh. Like the oh, first absolutely. one. Yeah. <laughs> the, first, the first approach in the tundra, boom, over she went. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, good morning, good way to wake up, you know, shake off the rust. And then after that, I was fine. Right. And the other big thing, too, is, you, you know, and like some of the shots we got when you were down here, whether it be if we were towing the glider or, or our inverted stuff when we were flying together with a Tundra, a lot of times, too, it, it's just luck. Like, you yeah. don't even know what you capture until you, you get back and you look at it and you go, yeah. holy crap, look at this. Look what, you know, how close we were. Look at, you know, you have no idea. And it, it's just a little bit of luck in there, too. And then times you're like, oh, my goodness, how did we not crash? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, and a lot of people probably don't know. That time, you know, we did capture that uh, you flying the Tundra and me coming behind you inverted. Oh, yeah. Whew. Third, I, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They could have been at, we could have had two inverted. And then, of course, yeah. we missed we missed some of the gem shots, you know, like you trimming the, the Fury's yeah, uh, tree. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is true. So yeah, just get out there and experiment. You know, don't uh, don't take it too serious. Have fun with it. Try some different things, and you'll be surprised at what you can get with it. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, so. there's. Uh, I you know if we can get Dave Knopp on, uh, Dave 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 always impresses me with his uh, his little <laughs> tweaks and tricks and everything. So. It's fun, and it's good to gab with other uh, creative souls. Yeah, and it's great to get other people's, like, I, sometimes you get so focused on what you want and what you like, and then you talk to somebody else. Especially, what I like about Dave is, you know, Dave is always on the outside looking in. He's not really heavily involved, like, in the RC and doesn't do a can, lot of can flying. Can we say that anymore? I mean, like, yeah, that's <laughs> true. He doesn't do a lot of flying, but he, he's not he, he's not looking in anymore, man. He is in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to get his perspective on things, you know, Dave's so smart. Like for instance, I think we talked about when, when, uh, he was looking at a radio an FPV radio that had the screen and everything. And he's like, why would they put the screen up the top when you got to look up, you know, when you're trying to fly and then, you know, he just, there's things that Dave sees that normal people inside the RC, you know, community or whatever doesn't think of. And he's always thinking outside and looking outside the box. So it's cool to get his perspective on things. Yeah. So well, hopefully I, I, soon we'll get him on because he yeah. really is good to talk to. Once you get I, him going, sometimes it's hard to get Dave to open up and get going, but once you do, man, look out, it's on. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? Huge compliments to him as well. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, the Flight Fest uh, content. That was mm-hmm. fun. That yeah. Was, it was. It was. It was. It, it, I was almost sad when when the last one came out and they went back to regular programming. Cause I, I was know. like, oh, I, I know. Stuff. And I, like I said, I was down there and I seen a lot of the footage that he had and still has. Yeah. It, I mean, they could probably spend a whole easily a week or two weeks just on footage that he has from. And like yeah. he said, he goes. All this footage. What do? You, how do you know? Like what to put yeah, out? What, what the gems are? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so and I think we all we all made a few shots here and there, so that was cool. So, oh yeah, was, for sure. It was neat. To, um, it was neat. The the guys did a good shout out to all the volunteers on their podcast and so on. So that's that's very important. So yeah, and uh, I I was very fortunate. I think kind of lucky too. I got a lot of footage into the the, uh, the flight. Yes, Mister Mister pa- Phantom <laughs> Three. Yes, that was awesome to see. A lot of really nice stuff, and uh, you know, and there's. There, I of all the things that I've been back and forth on, it is the Phantoms. Mm-hmm. You know, I still, I, I, I think I would love one, but I just, I can't justify one yet. And then yeah. the other day, I was, I was looking at my my APM quad, going, I should, I've either got to rip that flight controller off and use it on something else, or I've got to invest the time and see if I can make this thing actually work for once. So. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then I got Dave's tricopter. I've got other multi builds I'm doing. It's like ah, but uh, yeah. Hey, let's shift gears a little bit. I think we covered that pretty good. You were just yep. mentioning the multi-rotors and all this stuff. What I want to talk about, maybe I'm going to play a little devil's advocate a little bit, because you know, at one point we talked about how far is this quad stuff going to go? When when is it going to peak, or what are we going to, or where, when are we going to see it start to drop off? Now, I'm going to throw this out there, and we'll see where it goes, but. You know, it seems here lately this this wing racing is starting to pick up some serious steam. Uh, I know they've had it at a lot of the uh, multi-rotor racing. It was at the... Now, at the Drone Nationals, was that just an exhibition thing? Do you know off the top of your head that they did some wing racing there? 
They did some wing racing, but it wasn't um, it was it wasn't on the same level as the multi rotors. And mm-hmm. I think I think plans, if I'm correct, um, plans for what they wanted to do were changed. I don't think the FAA wanted them to go through the gates or something to that effect. Oh, okay. So they were just hot lapping essentially. I um, got gotcha. you. And you were actually at an event where they were racing wings, so you got oh, to see yes. it firsthand. Now, yes. it, initially, you know, you've seen the multi-rotor racing, then you got to see the wing racing. I, I kind of have my opinions, and I'll talk about them in a second. But what did you see about it, and what did you like about this wing racing phenomenon? I think it's starting to blow up big time. I think next year will be big. Um, what I liked, I mean... Here's here's Andre as an ex race car driver going. <laughs> oh, I could handle this course. I could do this down the straight through the two and then pull up left over uh-huh. and then do that and that and that. I got the track in my head right away, and I'm like, okay, you know. Um, I like the multi rotors. I mean, I've mm-hmm. had fun with them. They're they're but from a visual standpoint, watching those wings go, uh, you know. You know, within you know, within a couple of feet of each other, particularly when they come out the first straight gate, and then after that, things spread out. But they can work on that. But it was just and the noise. Oh mm-hmm. man. Yeah. You know that was it was really fun to watch, um, and uh, it was really interesting to pick a lot of people's brains about what um, what they see the format doing down the road. And they had the transponders, and they went out. And generally, you know, if a wing goes down and it's close enough that a that a track marshal can can get to it, and in you know there's no substantial damage, it will get up in the air and fly right away again too. So. Uh, you know, so the competition keeps going. It's not one of those things where, you know, you're on the last lap and it's just a one pilot, you know, mm-hmm. left, you know, unless it's been a really good uh, downing. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I saw the, the qualifiers and that was in Montreal in, in uh, late July or, or yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, it was like two hours away and I went down and just had a really good time. And I met a couple of people that run and organize everything and, you know, really had a chance to look inside of this. And yeah, I think this is going to be, um, this will be big. I know Alex Grieve, uh, I'd be crazy. Yeah. He ran at uh, Flight Fest. He ran his wing <laughs> through the FPV course against multi rotors and beat them. Now, naturally, this thing is going to get a haul, but the fact that he, he was able to manage to fly yeah. his wing through a multi rotor designed course. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm like, cool. And, yeah, I want to do this. I really, you know, I enjoyed flying my arrows. So I'm like, okay, so these these other wings are a little bit faster. They got a little bit more capacity. They're a little stronger as well. So I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think I think over the winter I'll probably be building up my first one. The real question right now for the group is um, they're waiting to see if they're going to change their size specs because I believe they're capped at 40 inches. Okay, that seems uh, like a perfect size, though. Yeah, it does. Inch. But yep. what they're talking for visual for the for for people being able to see the wings mm-hmm. slightly bigger, and then okay. you can and then you can do things like advertising. Sure, sure. You know, if there's you know, and so the guys that uh, I know that the, when they were in the in New York were were having a good, and I I missed uh, I was supposed to go to uh, Collingwood, Toronto, Toronto, or Collingwood, Ontario, so north of Toronto kind of thing uh, this weekend for the Fat Shark Frenzy. And unfortunately, we I, I couldn't make it due to other reasons. So, and and again, they had some. I don't know how much wing racing they had. I think they were doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, if I had something that could, you know, go yeah. and, and be race ready. So, I mean, I'm building up a wing now. Mm-hmm. 
I have a sweet wing juggernaut, which is the bigger one. It's a 60 inch wing. Uh, and that wing could be a race wing, but I'm going to, it's more for an FPV platform. So I think in, you know, the next couple of weeks I will have to make a go, no go decision. But I think, uh, I think this, this, this sport, if you will, um, as far as the spectator sport is, is on a whole other level, you know, and, uh, I think a couple of people have got their pulse on the event and know where it's going to go and how well it's going to develop over the next little while. So, so what right. are you thinking? Well, I- I'm going to stir the pot because, uh, again, I, I love the multi-rotor scene. I think it's just absolutely phenomenal where it has gone and how far it has come in even the last couple of years. The things they're doing with these things, the technology and everything. You know, now they're on, what were they on, ESPN 2 or 3 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the coverage it's getting, uh, it's amazing. What I don't like about the racing um, is, and let's be honest, these you know, higher level quadcopters are expensive. Uh, you know, you're probably looking at three, four. You know, all of them, some of them are in the five, six hundred dollar range. Uh, sometimes it takes a lot of work. You know, to get these things built, tuned. You know, flying correctly. It's not something. You know, just I'm I'm going to say your your average person wants to get into it can just you know grab one of these high-end things he can yeah obviously he could try to you know get it together build it and fly it but it it's it's quite a bit of work um even me you know i'm i i love them but it's almost like i don't want to spend the time to you know well for one spend the money and then spend the time to get it built and tuned and and all that i just don't have the time for it so for one you get a a foam wing they're fairly cheap you know, you can throw almost any kind of components on it you want. If you, you could go anything from super cheap to, you know, if you want to throw on something pricey, you can. Super durable. You know, they can take a crash. Every, you know, most of the time the multi-rows, if you crash, you're going to at least have to change a prop it, yeah. it, at the bare minimum. You know, with these wings, I've seen them and I've done it myself. You can just auger them into the ground, go over, pick it up, and, and chuck it right back in the air. Yeah. Uh, another thing is I think it's a lot easier to fly. You know, most people can uh, that has any kind of flying experience can get a wing. They're really easy to fly, uh, set up any kind of course or get something going with your buddies. I think it would be easier for them. Um, and like you said, uh, visually, you know, uh, spectators can go. Uh, they sound awesome. Um, they look great in the air. Like you said, if you get some advertisement or get some lights on there or some color, you know, you can actually watch them race. Uh, And I think you can actually uh, expand the racing part where, um, you know, you can get into where you could almost do something like combat racing or something where, you know, you're trying to knock people out of the air as you're going through the race course and, and, you know, just do some different things with them. And I think... I honestly think that uh, it's it's going to blow up. I mean, literally yeah. blow up. Yeah, I think uh, once they decide if they're singing, well, I mean, for me, the go, no go. Well, I mean, the, a frame is a frame or a wing is a wing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like most of the motor stuff, if they change the size, well, most of that stuff will transfer over really easily. So it's mm-hmm. been really, it's been really interesting talking to everybody that I, I that I've met in the last couple of weeks about it. And yeah, I, I'm. If everything goes as I'm hoping, 2017, I'll be in a few of the races myself. So awesome! Yeah, awesome. I, yeah. I'm, uh, I, you know why not? You know, and it's it's funny because it's just I, 
man, like I said, my blood was pumping watching this stuff. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, and, and my wife's like, what do you mean you want to go racing again? She thought I was talking about the cars. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I've learned my lesson. I have the lower back injury and the shoulder injury. Thank you very much. Uh, this stuff, yeah, you could get flown into, I suppose. But yeah, this stuff is, is, is you know, and it was fascinating seeing the different rigs and all this stuff. And obviously the guys that put the money into it are going to go faster. And it's just, a, it's one of those classic things. But, you know, if you can get out and just fly and you fly clean and have a good time, that, that then come home with a smile on your face. Well, why not, you know? Sure. So it's, uh, it's and, and what I see, if this catches on, if it catches on and gets the depth that that they're thinking, you could probably see other classes, you know, like your EFX racing class or your sports, you know, your sport playing class, you know, and stuff like that. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be limited to a wing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to uh, Ian Dunlop and he's like, oh, I would love to do that with my um, – stone blue uh uh you know p51 you know you could have a warbird racing class you know mm-hmm. and just same idea same principle of design same technology just a different airframe you know yeah so it'd be fun and i think and, too you know uh, some of these wings you know flat out speed there it's oh, no problem oh. to get 120 miles an hour if you want but the cool thing with the racing is is you can design the course on how fast really you want these wings to go if you're in a small area and you don't want them you know going above 50 it's very easy to make a course to where they didn't have to go 120 miles an hour you know and you wouldn't have to have the best power system or whatever and you know it's cool too it's just kind of like the quads you can tune them for each course you know if you got a tight course and you need that that torque and the power you know you got to maybe change a motor change a prop to suit that course or whatever so there's a little bit of technical uh, involvement on you know how to get your your wing set up for that course and i think too you know if this does blow up you're i think we're going to see a lot of interesting wing designs you know uh, it could be like anything else uh you know we're on a a, a fast course so i'm going to bring this wing and we're going to fly yeah. this with this setup or oh hey we're on a real tight you know uh, course with a lot of turns so i'm going to use this wing with this setup so i think you're going to see a lot uh, of different designs coming out here in the yeah. future of wings and, and hopefully we'll see a few more like right now i think you at the nationals i think you if i'm correct you i think you had three or four manufacturers mm-hmm. so that's got to change you need a couple other players to come into the uh into the mix to help along um you know variety is the key you know spice of life so everything a little bit different i mean the principle of the wing is going to be the same but I just I just pray they, they don't go okay. This is a spec series where you gotta well okay fine. You specify your 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 wing cord and your um, and your your overall length. But from there the guys should be able to do what they want to do uh, and and run the you know the kit they want to kit. You know, I think I think well and. And with anything, I guess you, you, you develop and you regulate – I hate the word regulate. But mm-hmm. you, you build rules based on your um, – I think you build rules and specs based on your volume. You know, because if you if you go off and say, okay, this is spec right away and, and they've got like, you know, they've got 20, 30 planes and all of a sudden you're spec it. Well, I think you, you eliminate like half your racers right away. Mm-hmm. So – being sensible about how they set stuff up, you know, okay, fine. Here's the unlimited class. Right. Have right. at it, kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
I mean, I think there's if they take a look at a lot of uh, modern, you know, like car motorcycle racing uh, leagues, you know, you have that you've got your 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 power ratings, you know, mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's the key to a lot of them. So you've got your unlimited and then you've got your guys, you know, maximum of X, you know, X uh, KB motors and so on and so on. And then how you achieve your performance is up to you as an individual or as a team, you know? Yeah, I think I think. A lot of them are already. I probably depends on where you go and what league you're in. Uh, I think most of them are, are limiting them to, uh, if I remember right, somewhere around 850 watts. But you could do a couple classes, like you said, an unlimited class, maybe an 850, and then, you know, go all the way down to say 400 or something. Cut that in half. You know, where you know you got to boil down to maybe uh, pilot skill and wing design. You know, if you're all running the same type of power system. Yeah. It's interesting, man. I'm I'm kind of following it, and some of these manufacturers, I think they kind of see it and they're jumping on it uh, quick. Uh, I know Horizon, uh, they brought out the Mana, and also at the Drone Nationals, I guess they have a prototype uh, racing wing that uh, I can't remember. I should have looked it up. Uh, they have a prototype that's already out uh, that's going to be releasing, I think, fairly soon. It's going to be a full-on racing wing. So uh, it's interesting for sure. Yeah, actually, I just I just popped onto the Multi GP uh, website, and they they've got three classes of wings. So the mini spec, mm-hmm. uh, which has got a maximum 4s. Uh, actually, they're all maximum 4s. They mm-hmm. all say 2,700 kV motors, and it's the um, it's the 27 and 0.5 and under for the minimum. Uh, for the, the spec wing class, it's 25. 27.5 inches to 43.3 and then the mega spec wing is uh 43.3 and above but Whoa. so they're being sensible yeah that's the big wing so so my juggernaut would fit into that class kind of thing mm-hmm. um so it is uh it is interesting to see that uh, and and everybody when i was in the montreal one they had you know all the various players and they had all a slightly different take on the design is, you know, a lot of them look fairly close to each other as far as they go, but they all had some slight different tweaks, which is fantastic to see and what we want to see, you know. Yeah, right. And then the paint jobs you can do on these things, depending on what foam and what colors you want. It's just, it was so neat to see the variety, the visual variety as they go through the air. And it helped a lot when you could, you know, see your pilots. Because you can realistically with the, and again, it comes back to the FPV technology is the limiting factor, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was was pretty funny because they'd be, you know, so they'd be ready to go flying. And then someone's like, someone has got a quad sitting on a bench. We can see your OSD. Turn it off. You're interfering, (laughs) you know? And it's like. They need that. It's that technology. So hopefully, we'll see some of the you know the new Connex systems and stuff, where the, the the digital systems will eventually be um, in place, and and race control will have more. It, it, I'm gonna have to talk um, to uh, the guys who go who who were in the Toronto event to see how that the Collingwood event there the the. Uh, fat shark frenzy to see if any of the technology improved there or if they're still jumping over the same hoops where they're having to manually manage this stuff so but i think the technology every year is getting better and like the race the fpv race coordinator guy has a lot more abilities to control things like you know when you're done and you're back in the pits when you drop down to your test uh, power limits you know and stuff Mm -hmm. like this so so much technology coming at this stuff and i think we're just we're just at the infancy of all this stuff so it's going to be really exciting Right. You know, speaking of the Drone Nationals, I was actually pretty surprised that uh, from what I've read and talked to some other people, 
they really had a lot of issues over there in New York on Governor's Island. Uh, I know the, the as far as like trying to run on time, and they had a lot of issues with uh, their FPV systems. You know, not getting you know good quality. And I was you know for they've had quite a few of these now, and I w- you would think that somebody would have been there testing all this out or found these problems out before the actual event. So I was kind of you know as much as. I think it's great that it's broadening out. We're on, you know, national TV and everything that they had these kind of issues there. And I, a lot of people were pretty upset over there, I guess, on the event itself. Did you hear any more about it? Uh, I didn't hear anything, but it doesn't, I, I didn't really hear any, anything about the, uh, the connection issues, but it doesn't surprise me, uh, that, that they, they would, um, especially at that level. Uh, but if I knew I was getting national coverage, <laughs> I might have done a little bit more field testing. Uh, I know that's why they got out of the, you know, that's probably why they didn't go back to the indoor location because they had so much issue in there and the mm-hmm. uh, the other one. But I think um, I think if if I'd known that, I yeah, I would have done a little bit more. And I I. I know I was looking at this other event and the problem is, you know, they go and they say, okay, we're specifying the transmitter. And then, so everybody's got to say, oh, I'm not running that kind of connector. So I got to change this and this and this and this. So it's, 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 uh, you know, when, when you're specifying the technology, I guess, yeah, you run into some hiccups and it's probably one of those things where they only have X amount of transmitters and they got to swap them out between crafts. Mm-hmm. So that takes time. And right. I mean, you know, if, if you were told that you had to rip the transmitter off your tricopter, it takes a bit of time and then, oh, you need a different style connector. Well, now I got to go back and trace back on everything through. So, yeah. So. And maybe this, this is where the wings will be better because there's so much, you know, they're, they're, they're just a bigger device to work with so right either way it's uh it's still i by any means there's going to be hiccups in everything i do i mean uh but it can only get bigger and better even if uh you know like all these events i mean every year hopefully they learn they draw and they improve and they improve and they improve and the technology should hopefully keep improving and improving and improving right Mm -hmm. all right well speaking of uh quadcopter and everything what i wanted you to talk about a little bit andre is uh our good buddy uh mark lehman from uh, malte rc we've known mark for a long time and we've had him on the show before and what we like about malte rc is he was all about you know trying to get people uh some good stuff good equipment and get him in the air and have a good experience uh without it being a lot of money and having to spend a lot of money on you know uh fixing parts or, or if you crash to fix your your multi-copter and uh he came out with the hmb 235 which was a huge hit uh this is something you know if you were getting into multi-rotors and uh you wanted to get it at a, at a good price you could build it yourself learn about it and literally auger this thing into the ground a million times i actually got to test one last year at flight fest and i couldn't believe the durability of it uh, what this thing would take and mark's always trying to uh do things a little different and try some new things and he actually uh sent me a few pictures on some stuff they're working on now and some new designs which were really cool just something you know i always talk about there's nine million frames out there they all look alike you never know what to get or, or if it's worth the money or whatever so mark's usually always doing something a little bit different so they sent you up though a new frame correct yes sir actually two new frames two new frames 
Yeah. So the one I'm building up right now is 150 mil, uh, and it's called they they had no name at it, but now they do, and it's called the Shenanigans. So I'm like, oh, awesome. <laughs> and then the other one's the uh, Vingzing, which means tiny in German, if I'm correct. So, and this is a full-on build. Um, mm-hmm. I actually put in for the motors, the ESCs, all the gear. Um, myself and, and Mark and, at MultiRC sent me the frame and everything because I wanted to do this one properly. And uh, it's tiny, man. It's sitting here on my, you know, it sits in my palm of my hand. But this thing is going to be mean little. Um, <laughs> what I really like is they're they're working with TPU, um, which is another 3D printing technology. And it's called thermoplastic polyurethane. And it's pretty cool because... I've got the uh, the battery skin, and uh, I put a picture up there on on my Instagram, and I can bend this thing, but you can't tear it, and mm-hmm. so it's um, so it's 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 you know it looks a bit like one of those Kermit frames, you know the the, uh-huh. the early frog frames, but he's got these little mounts, so the TPU is is they they shoot onto the frame, and then yeah. These little plastic, they're you know they're uh, they're like kind of it kind of kind of forms a Y, and you shove the 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 arms for the frame into that, so you've got this um, non-bolted setup where your arms aren't really bolted, but they're in there. I mean they're not moving around. What's really cool is the TPU helps with the dampening between the motors and the frame. So Mark was like, hey, you don't even have to put in, you know, you put your, your, your power distribution board in there, then you, you know, put your spacers between that, and then you just mount your, your flight controller onto this thing. And uh, it's, uh, it's, so far, I'm really impressed. What, what, what killed me, and I just giggled, I said, you know, a couple years ago, when I started first out buying, I was, any ESC I looked for had to have bullet connectors, <laughs> everything all done up. Uh, right, and now, right. And now I'm like, you know what? I wish they would send these things bare. I don't want the wires to the e- for the motors. Fine, coming off the, you know, for the power leads, that's fine. But I don't want the motor wires, and I don't want shrink wrap anymore. Mm-hmm. You're, you're wasting my time because I yeah. had every quad I've done now, I've ripped apart and I've customized because it's like I want short, clean wires, you mm-hmm. know. So, so Mark suggested I do the uh, the 150 because the wingsing is like uh, it's a smaller. Um, uh, it's a smaller frame, so he's like, yeah, you're going to have to make the wires even shorter. I'm like, really? But actually, I've got, uh, for the second quad, I've actually got uh, enough equipment that I might just use. I've got some, these motors are, uh, they're DYSs, but they're 1306s, 4000s. What? Yeah, spinning a three-inch prop on 3S 800 packs. This thing is going to scream. Wow. He's actually He's actually making some prop cards. I'm like, oh, that's that's bad mm-hmm. news, you know. Like this thing is gonna eat the uh, the little the blade nano for lunch. Oh wow! <laughs> so I'm almost done. Um, like I've got all the wires and the motors, and I've gone through and I've done the motors uh, directional soldering, so they all spin in the right directions without having to go in and do any of the uh, programming there and be heli. So and the the ESCs are little B heli uh, DYS 10 amps. And then it's got a nice little. So I basically built it off his specs. And then the FPV camera is this tiny little. You know, it, it's it's on par with that little micro units that that I I quite like now. Uh, but it's camera and transmitter separate. So um, it's going to be really interesting. And it comes with you know various height sizes for the uh, for the posts and so on and and straps and so uh, I I'm impressed. So you know uh, it's funny because I seem to 
switch through my multi-rotor frames pretty quickly in that sense because I just I'm building them I'm trying them out and then like I, I've already pulled the gear off the HMB because I was like okay I'm done I'm done testing that it's a good frame it's mm-hmm. really durable and everything on to the next phase particularly after the summer when I flew uh, Chad's uh, uh, alien you know now I'm after that sensation yeah of how if I can get there. So it'll be interesting to see how this guy, I'm sure this guy's going to flip like crazy. <laughs> wow. I'm really so, interested in this one yeah. for sure. Yeah. This is going to be neat. And then I'll build up the other one. And the other one, I've got some, I've have other 1306 motors. Uh, they're only 2300 KV. So I may try and build up that other frame with that other gear I have. I've got like, you know, slightly larger ESCs. So I don't know if they'll fit, but I, I may try uh, a couple things. Uh, just so I don't have to take this one apart once I'm all done building it up because I'm probably going to want to run them back to back. And I do have about six now, uh, 3S800 packs, which is kind of handy because I've been testing between uh, the wings and they'll run on this one. So some mm-hmm. are on some are XT30 connectors and some are XT60. So I just made a little adapter. Yeah. Uh, so I'm slowly building this up and, you know, slowly still continue to experiment with the with the multi-rotors and just you know i don't fly them at the field nearly enough as i as i thought i would mm-hmm. and like I, I have david's tricopter here which i've got the props and i've rebuilt and everything and i, and I haven't even had a chance to fly that out because it's just one of those things i've just you know watch what's going to happen where it's going to be winter and i won't even have a chance to fly the thing yet so it's it's funny how i roll through different experiences but there's only so much time but i'm enjoying this one um I'm not doing a uh, a build video per se. I'm mm-hmm. you know I'm cataloging and taking photos as I go, and I'm writing my commentary, and then I'll, obviously I'll do a full article uh, and, and video at the end. But uh, I'm it's neat. It is a really and this small. I they just get tinier and tinier, and so 150 and smaller. That's going to be really neat and uh, sticking out. You. It's probably one of those ones you can stick in a case and everything mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, really have fun. Take out to the park and go. So is this going to be my mini arrow uh, of multi-rotors? <laughs> I, I bet it is, you know. And it's, yeah. you know, the, the, the gateway, you know, because the, the arrow really got me back into uh, to enjoying flying and flying FPV. So this guy might be great for, for that kind of experience. And Mark says he has run them on 4S. I'm like, I don't want to invest in another batch of 4S, you know, batteries. And that I'm, 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 I'm already leery of the, uh, of the 4S, uh, 1300s. Cause I'm like, Oh no. Cause if I get one, you know what that mm-hmm. happens, right? You right. know, that yeah. opens up everything. And, and you know, David, David was teasing us with his mini copter, you know, his, his baby tricopter. I'm like, Oh, I like that. I oh, know. I like that. Oh, and I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. And it's, 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 it's funny because I, I know I've been on record saying, you know, I'm I'm limiting myself to three S twenty two hundreds and thirteen hundreds, and uh, I came home from Flight Fest and I looked at my four S stock and went, "How did that happen?" <laughs> right. You know yep. the Warbirds and then all that, and then I got those huge from uh, Ready Made RC, those sixty six hundreds, you know, which I'm going to strip in half, and they're going to get used on the David's tricopter, actually, the bigger tricopter. So, uh. mm-hmm. but this thing is neat. This thing is really neat. It's got, you know, carbon fiber. It's it's a really blend of neat blend of technology between the 3D printed stuff and the carbon fiber chassis. So, uh, you know, and yeah, Marcus shared some of the the future designs and what they're thinking and and you know, he's got again, I think he's 
especially Mark's timing is good because if if people are looking for something, you know, especially the indoor flyers. I know a lot of guys here in Ottawa do do a lot of indoor flying in the winter, mm-hmm. and this is probably just the right size because uh, I bet they, you know, outside of the inductrix and, and the blades, which you know you're you're what you've got like a three minute, you know, or less flight time. Right. These will probably get a bit of capacity out of them, and they got a little bit more size, so. Mm-hmm. I think you'll enjoy them a little bit more. You can get a little more sophisticated FPV on it. Like, uh, I mean, um, for the other one, I'll run my combo, uh, that that video transmitter and camera combo with a 1S on it. But for this guy, like I said, I've got a camera, a mount, and, and a separate FPV transmitter that I think it's, it is super tiny and it's 200 milliwatts. So I'm like, wow. cool. Yeah. 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 So. This is really neat, and uh, it, what was what I enjoyed the most about it? We were discussing. I was building it one evening, and uh, he was online. I'm like, I'm having this issue where the battery pushes down on the the bolts for the uprights, and he's like, Oh yeah, I've seen that before. And he goes, Hold on, and and he says, I'll send you these brackets, and they're they're, they're TPU again, mm-hmm. with, so that the soft material, and they they put a space is basically a spacer. Uh, for the battery and the bolts, so the battery sits up right because it's. Uh, if you look at the pictures on his site, there's a little feet and the battery sits there, and that's what puts the quad upright. And I'm like, well, I, I'm kind of cantered to one side, which means when I arm mm-hmm. the ES, when I arm the flight controller, it's not going to be. It's not going to. It's not going to sit level. And he's like, oh yeah, 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 hold on, I got a part for that. So <laughs> you know, it, it's just it was just neat. He says I wasn't dumb, but you're correct, and it's like because yeah. I'm. I, you know, he says, oh, I've got one particular set of battery and it worked. I said, well, I've actually got like four different types of batteries that I can test with on this thing. And I can tell you that this one does this. And it's things like the um, where the balance leads come out. I've got a couple of batteries where the balance lead and the wires don't come out from the same ends. They come mm-hmm. out from different ends. But when they come out together, things like the um, the graphenes, they, they push up on the frame so that the, the thing doesn't sit straight. So, uh, gotcha. Uh, three-inch props and you know and uh, i i went and i ordered some extra four inches by accident but i'm like okay maybe i can trim those down <laughs> and then like the, the 2300s are actually spec to spin at a four inch so maybe i'll pick up some three inch triple blades just to give them that the the, the run they need the torque they need to lift hmm. so it's uh yeah i'm interested i i think i'm been more interested in these smaller 150 frames than anything although i haven't seen a whole lot out and i haven't you know, but I'm definitely, I think for, for me anyway, just to bomb around the house and everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the, the, the mini try and I, I fly it around the house all the time, but are you fly- serious? Oh like, yeah. Or, or, I mean, oh, the not, yard. not in the house. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Heck no, no. But I mean around the outside of the house, but, yes. um, I still find myself with that thing. And obviously it's fast is I run out of space real quick and it's just big enough to where there's a lot of times where if I had something smaller, like I could bomb in and around the trees a little bit better and quicker and, and, yeah. you know, it wouldn't be as bad. So the 150 size for me, um, I think it's really interesting to see where these things are going to go and what they're going to do with them. Yeah, I think, uh, and like I've ran, I've run my other quads through the yard, and it was exactly that. You know, I actually would have to physically go and clear some of the trees, you know, because it was like there's just the gap is there, but the 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 odds of me actually making it through. Mm-hmm. And I, I've I've run the, uh, you know, the the credit all the credibility to the HMP because man, I ran that thing through some hard stuff. I hit that off the the posts, and you know, and, mm-hmm. and just 
but it's uh, you know the whole time it's wagging its tail because all the weight so this thing i'm thinking it's going to be and mark showed me pictures of his because i was having wiring questions and he's like yeah i've run this thing hard i've hit things with it i'm like i like this already Mm -hmm. the the idea of the the uh you know the the dampeners and everything uh, and you know you throw a good prop on it tiny motors and just ah I can't wait to open this thing up and get it going. So I figure by the end of the week, um, you know, it's something I'm building, especially on a, a wet day like today, I should have this thing programmed up very soon. So my next stage is to just take each each ESC into um, B-Heli Suite and B, uh, B-L-Heli. Yeah, I got to say that yep, correct. Yep. And, uh, you know, fire it up and uh, name each one. And then once that's done, I can control all of them right through the flight controller, which is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm liking where a lot of this technology is going, um, and I've actually uh, I've actually pulled uh, the motors off my Versacopter, and I'm putting them on my ZM, ZMR250 frame. So I'm I'm kind of taking all the best gear that I had and combining them in down into one uh, pretty mean quad. So I'm just having fun. I've been looking at other frames and everything too. So it's. Uh, it's one of those things where I just said, okay, you know, this this thing has got some really good performing motors, but the ESCs, I can't quite do what I want to do with it. But these ESCs are really good, and these motors are okay. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let's go down to one. And then uh, I'm still looking for a, um, a decent frame on the bigger stuff that I can actually, you know, control the camera angle because – um, the, the ZMR frame I have, I'm, I've got a three, some 3D printed solutions and I'm not satisfied with how that looks and feels yet. So I may have to look into actually picking up a, a different frame very soon for that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and it's just, things get small and change and, and that's, uh, so it's funny that a, a friend was commenting on that. He says, you go through your, your frames pretty quick and it's exactly that i'm looking for the next evolution i'm looking for stuff that i can one build and maintain two i'm a as a builder like this is a prime example of just how things have changed for me because before i was i was ill thinking what i gotta cut off the bullet connectors no that's crazy but i got a new slapping iron and i don't mind it anymore you know so it's like it's an evolution for me. Yeah, okay, I'm probably a year behind some of these other <laughs> these yeah. other guys, but uh, I'm sorry I'm late to the game, but hey, at least I'm here. So, so this is going to be cool. And we'll have to get Mark on after we get it all built up to get him on and talk. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I got a question for you, and I'm probably going to get hate mail for this, but I'm going to throw it out there anywhere, anyway. Um, now... I wonder if there's a lot, and if you agree with me, even if you don't disagree with me or whatever, let me know. Send me some questions or comments or, or whatever. I'm just curious. Now, in my situation, everybody knows, I've talked about a hundred times. Obviously, Andre, you do a lot more building than what I do. I don't know where you find the time or how you do it, and I wish I could do it, but I don't. And I have so much things to fly, you know, whether it be airplanes or the quads or, or whatever. I'm out tooling around with the phantom but i have very kind of limited time to build and even with the 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 mini tricopter like i really had to make myself sit down whether it was an hour a night or two hours a night or whatever whatever free time to sit down and build and learn about now i uh, totally agree 100 percent with everybody out there that thinks whoever's getting into multi-rotors ought to buy their own stuff sit down build it learn it understand it tune it you know, learn the, the programming and all that 
100% agree with that. I think everybody who's really going to kind of dive in should learn all that so you know everything about your quad. But for people like me that, you know, ha- has done a lot of that and, and understands it and everything but would like to maybe go to another build or try something out different, I would like to see some of these manufacturers and even even Mark. And I don't know if it's feasible price-wise or too mu- too time-consuming or anything. You know, besides the, I guess the Vortex Pro is probably the most popular ready-to-fly, pull-it-out-of-the-box, you know, you're ready to go uh, racing quad out there, but it is, you know, $500 or more, is to see some of these manufacturers uh, have these almost ready-to-fly quads available. I would pay the little extra money, and maybe it's too much, and that's why they don't do it, but have a a base setting and the tuning of of what they kind of like or the standard, have it mostly all together and ready to go to where you pull it out of the box, put your receiver, your equipment in it, and your camera and stuff like that, um, and go. Yeah. Just, you know, go and not have to worry about the, the, the build process or spending, I don't know what the average time is to build something, you know, 10 hours, 15 hours or whatever. And then you got to go through the tuning process of, you know, what you like or, or whatever. I would just like to see if more, you know, uh, just ready to fly or almost ready to fly stuff out there. And I wonder if that hurts the, the whole, uh, quadcopter or the the whole scene as a whole if it hurts it at all that you know a lot of people just can't go out and you know obviously there's stuff out there through you know whether if it's hobby king or you know sell some of their wakira stuff or um you know habico's got a lot of stuff or even horizon hobby you know where it's it is ready to fly but um i would just like to see i don't know i hate to say that but a little bit better quality less toyish type stuff you know out there that's that's ready to fly i would i would probably buy more stuff and try more stuff if i could do that (laughs) yeah it's definitely i think it's coming um and uh, i think for people who who some people get a thrill out of it i would love to have the time to tune and tune it's funny because i'm i'm looking at david's tricopter and I'm trying to remember what I what was the last thing I did with it. I think I was at the tail tune student stage of it, so I'm like, I need to take more detailed notes mm-hmm. um, because it's one of those things where I do something, I work so far on it that it gets put on a shelf, and I forget at what stage it was. And this technology is moving so oh, quickly, you can't keep up. Well, this is it, and so um, you know we've we've talked before where where you know the rotor rat guys are on their a game because they can spend the mm-hmm. hours and they can burn through the battery packs and you know and and just tune and tune and tune and tune and extract the maximum out of it mm-hmm. but you know the average guy doesn't have that time that ability to do that so it's like yeah i'm when I start tuning this little guy, I'm going to really start taking a lot more notes. And that's something I've had to start doing because I get there and I, I break up a plan and go, were there any issues with this thing last time? What, what did I do last time? And, and you know, and or you have something catastrophic like your remote dying on you and you have to start from square one because, you know, you haven't backed up your remote in three weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. Who did that? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's it's I, I agree. They're um, – you know, and things, 
it, it's like like this whole the whole tiny whoop craze, you know. And it's yeah. just it's so fun to watch some of this stuff come out. But and and and, and that's someone going, you know what? They you know okay, the, the little the little Inductrix is a great product, but we're gonna make it that much better. And it's the yeah. community hacking it, you mm-hmm. know. I, so part of me part of me agrees with what you're saying, and part of me just loves the soulfulness of that whole that whole scene because it's just. It's about the people doing and finding that extra little thing. They don't. They don't just accept the you know ready-made product. They 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 want to put their own spin on it. So it's it's, yeah. I it's man. I'm enjoying these times. <laughs> yeah, it's overwhelming. You know, even with the mini try, we, the last podcast talking to David, I, I'm probably honestly I, at least four versions behind. Behind already. Yes. Yeah. Even the last podcast, he's like, "Hey guys, I got a new new version out already." And and okay. you know, Mike okay. just just updated his at Flight Fest, and then we talked to David like a week later, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah. I got a new version out already." And even seeing some of his videos, he posted a short video if you want to go see it, and it's out there. Everybody knows it now. David's working on a multi-rotor-specific <laughs> radio, and we got to feel it and touch it Uh-oh. and everything yeah. at Flight Fest. But he put out a little video of him actually using the prototype and flying. And just watching that mini try in that video, that seeing, yeah. seeing right. that thing fly and how good it looked and smooth and everything was like, that's incredible. Just yeah. literally incredible. You know, I what was he's talking – I was talking to him afterwards after he showed the video and I just I was giggling because there's a point where he's jumping up and down with excitement. I'm like, oh, David, you rock, man. You made my day watching that, you know, and then and the thing goes, he bombs it into the, the field. Yeah. I can hear it. I can't fight. Oh, there it is. Oh, it's I fine. Know. Let's go flying again. You yeah. Know, it's just thank you, David. You know, I, I, I that made my day watching that video, just seeing, uh, you know, and again. It's characters like that. I would love to do what he does. I'd love I'd love to have the courage to take that risk to say, Ah, this is what I'm doing for my job. This is how I'm gonna make money, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, I agree. And uh, you know, and and then I could keep up with stuff and uh I had had some plans this summer to do stuff on that on that level. Unfortunately they did turn out, so uh, I'm kinda like, ah, so still motoring along, trying to do these things and answer your question how I do it, I think I sacrifice sleep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I think you do too, and I just can't do that. Oh, yeah. That's but. why I woke up this morning at like eight thirty and went, "Whoops!" <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see. I think that's. I think we covered most of everything I wanted to talk about today. Uh, we're creeping up here on a couple hours already. Man, it goes by fast. It's amazing. Hey. Like we we hop in here in the studio and we're like, "What are we going to talk about today?" You know, well, I got a few things, and well, that should take fifteen minutes. And the next thing we know, two hours later, you know. Yep. We've covered off a couple of things, and yeah, like you said, there's a couple. There are a couple new birds out on the uh, on the various websites, so that's kind of been cool. I'm sure we'll cover off a few of those in the in the next podcast and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, it's still it still seems like the manufacturers are still cranking out new stuff. Um, I know we talked about it briefly, but uh, I noticed that Horizon came out with a, a new Sukhoi. Or an update on it. They did, yeah. And I again, I got to give them some props. They, you know, we did a big, extensive review on the the first Sukhoi, um, and we really liked the plane. It did have a few quirks that we didn't like, but overall, it was fantastic. And I think a lot of the other people that bought it had the same problems or feelings that we did. And they actually listened and they took all that in and said, "Okay, this is what we're going to do." And they bought brought out a revised version of it. And they actually tweaked the airplane a little bit, and I think it actually, you know, according to them, 
is it a better flyer that you know they put some vortex generators on it to even kind of slow it down more uh, a programmable uh, uh, receiver this time that you can change all the settings in it you want took out yeah. that stupid uh, setting the where the plane wanted to to write itself up all the time as you were trying to fly it without putting you know pushing the panic button, so they they took everybody's ideas and everything and and put it back into that plane and brought out a better version of it and I think it's a it's the same price so yeah we'll yeah. have to talk about um again uh, I've been back and forth with Matt Andrew and that's something that when we do get him on we can we can talk to him a little bit about that and it seems to be they've been doing that a lot lately they're taking an older design and it could be when we talked to him before you know like he said we we've tried to improve on on certain designs certain and I'm realize just... we can't do that like this is the best it's probably going to get as of right now so yeah. what w- can we do you know to make it better not as far as design wise but you know with electronics or the uh, flight stabilization or or putting a panic recovery mode on it or something like that to make it better and that's what they seem to be doing. So I got I got to yeah. give him some credit on that. And Matt, again, he's we've been back and forth. He's been super busy. And then they went up to Oshkosh, and they had all <laughs> that going on. So I got to get in touch with him again. But don't worry, we, we will have him on soon. We can talk about all the new stuff uh, that they brought out and get his thoughts on things. And maybe I, I'm really interested to see where he thinks you know this hobby, what direction maybe they're they're kind of leaning towards or what they're going to go after next, especially with everything here in the States with the FAA and what's been going on. So he's a, he's an interesting character that has some serious, awesome building skills. Uh, so I love talking to Matt. So hopefully soon we'll have him on. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's funny because every time, uh, every time I look at the, uh, our favorite manufacturers, you think it's a lull and then bang, half a dozen <laughs> new exciting products pop up. So, yep. Yeah, we're enjoying the season. So, uh, one thing I wanted to mention too: a uh, lot of questions about the crash stories. Hey, we want to hear more crash stories. What happened to the crash stories? And well, here's the thing: and I do have some crash stories. I, I get them. I put them in a bank. You know, they're in my computer. They're kind of ready to go. But I I don't think we really have enough of them to where we could just sit down. Uh, if it comes to the point, maybe if we have a short podcast, I can get a list <laughs> and we can get get them out there. But what I'd like to do is get a big list of them and sit down and come in and just have an awesome long podcast of crash stories where we're just laughing our butts off, you know, of the crazy stories. And the thing, in too, I, I've mentioned it and then talked about it is. I get a lot to where, hey, man, uh, I was flying my champ, and I uh, got disoriented and landed in a tree, and I had to get a – I understand. We all d- have been there. We've all done it. I've heard the story a million times. So what we're just really looking for is some crazy crash stories or something that, you know, like, you know, my lipo caught on fire, my plane exploded kind of story. You know, that's what we like to hear, something different or out of the ordinary. So if you have anything crazy – you know, send them to me, Chris at flightfest.com, and I'll compile a list. I'd be more than happy to get all, all the guys together and jump in and, yeah. you know, talk about the crash stories. And I also mentioned that I got a couple, and I know, I know for a fact there's a lot more than a couple out there. If you listen to the podcast and you were at Flight Fest and you got a good oh. crash story, even if it was through combat, you know, our planes locked together or something, whatever, 
send it to me. I know there were some good crashes at Flight Fest that I didn't see or, or heard about or whatever. Send them to me. We'll compile yep. a list uh, and we'll get them out there. No problem. But I just got to get some. That's all. So if anybody's wondering about why the crash story, we just I have some, but just I don't think we have enough. Yeah, to and I think I think come there. come rainy season too, that'll probably be something nice for us to have in our pocket too. Right. Right. Because you know I know I'll fly throughout the winter. <laughs> Yeah, and I, uh, we've been pretty good lately. I haven't, well, we haven't flown a whole lot, but we haven't had a lot of crashing on our end here lately. No. Oh, so, no. but we haven't, I haven't Knock flown, wood, yeah, man. I haven't yeah. flown with Mike a whole lot yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I had to go with my dad. We were goofing around with the arrows and, uh, I, I guess I got a little closer. He got a little close to me and we clipped. And uh, he ripped off one of the fins, and I can tell you the arrow will still fly with one fin. And oh. the only reason, only reason his plane went down was um, where he had to land his is because the shunt was enough to push the motor uh, inward, the po- the pod in into the frame, and then the, uh, his prop couldn't free spin anymore. Yeah. But I kept I kept flying for the rest of the evening with only one fin on the aircraft. <laughs> oh, nice! I had no issues then. No issues. Now, apparently, if you don't put two of them on, as I've been told by, I think it was Crafty Dan, it is evil at slow speed. But I, oh, I never no fly. Kidding. I never fly the, yeah, yeah, it gets all kinds of wing waggle going on, apparently. I never fly slow, so. <laughs> hmm. That's only what I've had recently. I've been, uh, well, I haven't been flying enough, and I've been good. Uh, and, you know, I'm just happy to be flying. Uh, I still, I think I'm back to full program. You know, I had to reprogram the uh, the FR Sky. And mm-hmm. uh, I still haven't ordered the replacement part for the uh, ter- for the other Tyrannus. Uh, so the, at least the Plus is up and running, and I had to go through and repro. It was funny because, like, anything with a Vario, I had to go through and redo all the settings. Oh, so, you're kidding. Uh, but I put a Vario into – I had a second one that was in the Sky Mule, and I put that into the um, uh, Hobby King Night uh, Walrus. Oh, okay, yeah. Sick, glides really nice. And I did get a second cam- canopy, so I may throw one of my FPV rigs onto that bird as well, too. Ah, okay. Mm, I shall get some FPV gliding, because that, that thing's got a nice glide profile, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's uh, at least it's, uh, you know, because I don't want to FPV my Radian. I like my Radian a little too much. <laughs> yeah, I was... Uh been thinking the same thing the the xl i think would just make a phenomenal fpv uh gliding ship but i am I'm been on have, the fence have, of, it's, uh, yeah it's too soon it's too soon yeah. you gotta you know you gotta have that the right. that the honeymoon is not over yet right 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 and with all the issues i kind of had like you know i have an fpv set up on the uh the rock glider and it, i've augured it into the ground a few times and had some you know video issues just little things that oh. you know, I I think if it was on the XL and that happened, I'd probably panic and it would end up in a tree somewhere and I'd never get it back and then I'd, uh, <laughs> you know, so. yeah, 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 yeah. But all right, man. Hey, we've been at it almost two hours. Um, Sweet. Yeah, not bad. Pretty good podcast. Hopefully, we answered. You know, I tried getting a lot of questions and stuff about different things so i thought maybe we just try to go through and, and knock some of that stuff out that's it. yeah and everybody can just keep keep coming up with uh you know if there's any direction you guys like to see us steer in and do we'll try you know it's uh it's one of those things we do what we can with the time and and, and uh, budget we have right yep yep absolutely 
So other than that, we're going we're gonna to get out of here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for hanging out with us again, just listening. I, I don't know how we do it, just Andre and I here rattling on, sitting in their uh, man caves and bat caves and yep. uh, shooting the, the crap here. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, topics, man, you know, if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or something, you know, that's happened, whatever it is, whether it's current events or subjects, whatever, send me an email. We'd, you know, we'd love to hear from you guys, like to know uh, what you guys want to hear. Um, the only thing is, though, I do get a lot of requests on like, hey, can you get this and review this? And I get a lot of that. Well, we're kind of limited on that. Uh, we're hoping here we got a few things in the works. I'm going to say that now that hopefully down the road we might be able to get more products and do some more review stuff for you guys. That's uh, one of our main goals. But as far as subjects or what you guys want to hear, let us know. You know, We'll be glad to um, uh, talk about it. So other than that, we got the FT After Hours Facebook page is up, so go check that out. Uh, we generally post pictures and stuff and share things on there and uh, uh, let you know what's going on with the FT After Hours group, so go check that out. Um, thanks again for Instagram. I don't, I, all I do is post some goofy pictures on there every now and then, and Wayne throws some stuff on there, and Andre, I probably ought to get you on there and throw some stuff up, but... Man, that Instagram page is growing. I just can't believe it. So I just wanted to give a shout to all you guys that uh, follow the FT After Hours crew on Instagram. It just keeps going and going and going. So I really appreciate that. It puts a little pressure on me, though. I'm like, well, should I post this picture? I don't know. Maybe they won't like this one. But Oh, just post, man. Just I post. I know. So uh, let's see. Anything else we got going on? I don't think. I think that's about it. Um nope. So, you know, again, crash stories, crash stories, crash stories. Send them in. Chris at flighttest.com. Send them to me, and uh, we'll get them out there for you. So I think that's it, man. We're uh, going to get out of here. Uh, it's probably still raining up there, and it's supposed oh, yeah. to rain here, and we got a baseball game this afternoon. So, we're well, we'll see what happens. And uh, get out there and fly, man. Get out, have some fun, do some flying. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the hobby. You know. That's what it's all about, man. Talk yeah. to your friends. Chat. Yeah, yeah. let us know what you want, and uh, we'll see what we can do. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for – I can't believe you guys listened to the, us rambling on again. I, I don't don't understand it, but it's, as long as we keep uh, having the listeners, I will try to keep this going for you uh, and get some different people in here. I want to try to do some more uh, interviews with some people. We want to try to grow this thing a little bit, so we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, uh, I'll quit rattling. We'll get out of here. So thanks again, guys. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. See ya.